This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another edition of the NTL Now podcast. Glad to be back with you for yet another episode here this week, along with Joe Carrion across the table. I'm Shane Wilbur, and Joe, here we go for yet another week and more NTL sports to dive into for, uh, you know, another great uh, listen for the folks out there. It's going to be a very busy week. That is for sure. So we've got some NTL basketball we are going to cover. Joe actually going to be along for part one of this week's podcast uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Joe and I are going to have the privilege of sitting down with Canton boys basketball coach Brock Kitchen. So we'll talk with him coming up here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, the professionalism and the career calls and Joe will have to step out tonight as he's got some girls basketball action. He's going to have to go cover. So uh, coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, in part two, uh, Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette. He's going to join me again as we get ready to break down district duels for uh, you know this upcoming week. I mean, we've got the uh, preliminary round of 16 coming up on Wednesday night. And then, of course, the final eight make the trek to Milton to find out who indeed will be our top three place winners in District 4 wrestling. So, yes, a big episode this week right here on NTL Now. But... Before we dive into all the uh, accolades and all the statistics and standings and everything we're going to dive into, Joe, first we have to welcome aboard a brand new sponsor right here on the NTL Now podcast. Oh man, it's exciting news, man. Who do we got? So, we are welcoming in the great people and my proud university that I am an alumni from, As Mansfield. Am I. Yep, Mansfield University has decided that uh, you know they love what they're hearing. They want a, another outreach, and uh, you know what? I am happy to have my proud college right here on the NTL Now podcast. And remember, parents, students, you're looking for uh, you know that next adventure in your college years. Check out Mansfield online, Mansfield.edu. Plenty of majors, courses, everything you want to see. Go ahead, check out mansfield.edu right now. And, of course, uh, a big thanks to them uh, for jumping on right here on the NTL Now podcast. Man, that's exciting. We appreciate MU's support, and I think that uh, a lot of good things are going to come with that partnership. I can't wait to uh, talk about them more as the time goes on. And, of course, a big thank you again to you know Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, also Circle W Sports. Seriously, uh, I put up a post today on the NTL Now uh, podcast Facebook page. It is seriously just amazing to see how far this podcast has come you know since the uh, inception when we were just brainstorming it last june here we are now it's the beginning of 2020 and it just seems like things are slowly starting to trek upward and it's just making this all the more fun yeah this has been a blast just to see what has become and we appreciate all the support from all of our sponsors and all the listeners too that's right so folks remember keep following us go to ntl now podcast on both facebook and instagram give us a like give us a follow and of course uh, on twitter as well at ntl now and uh, check us out on social media 
So while we uh, enjoy the thanking of the sponsors, well, there is a podcast to do, and that means we've got some basketball that we have to dive into here. So, Joe, as we get uh, into some basketball stuff, we'll get into the standings here in just a little bit. But, you know, you've been out and about more, I think, on the basketball side of things than I have. I'm going to be getting into it more here down the stretch. I'm just curious, uh, share with me or the listeners out there maybe a a couple favorite memories of yours right now in the basketball season. You know, just kind of warm up. What are are some good mems that you have uh, from this basketball season thus far? Well, a couple happened this last Last week, uh, Troy went to Y Losing. Tough game, but they came away. Uh, Jack Empt was just a monster on the boards. He and Ty Barrett were just a, a heck of a tandem. Uh, Ty Barrett scored uh, six threes in the game. Uh, it, it was just great. And then actually the other night, which we'll talk about uh, here a little bit with uh, Coach Kitchen, but Isaiah Nemzik, 27 points, man. I mean, what a performance. He was just moving the ball all around, and he he drained some ridiculous three-pointers. And honestly, a lot of the offense that Canton's getting is from Nimzik's defense, turning them into transition buckets as well. Well, I'll tell you something that's kind of standing out to me here as this regular season is going on, especially on the boys' side. I mean, it wasn't two, three weeks ago, you know, you and I were talking about, hey, you know, why losing is just they are starting to run away with the NTL division. And then all of a sudden, they, they go to Athens, they stumble, Troy goes to Wyalusing, the Trojans get them there. Now they do pick up a very quality win at uh, Wellsboro uh, over the past few days as well. So, I mean, we don't want to make it sound like Wyalusing has, uh, you know, hit a little bit of a rough patch. But, I mean, when you look at it from the outside, you can definitely see, you know, that uh, teams are starting to figure out the Rams a little bit more here in the second half of the season. But also credit, you know, some teams do tend to get better as the season goes on. And I think that's what we're seeing more now with uh, both the Trojans and, of course, Athens as well. I think they were a little dinged up at the beginning of the year. And now here we go. And, uh, you know, this is the type of competitive league that we really want. Now on the small school side, and I'm curious to talk about this with Coach Kitchen as well coming up here in a little bit, the Warriors this week, they've got a really big stretch of games on the small school side. So we'll talk with Coach Kitchen about those big games coming up. But how about Northeast Bradford knocking off the King of the Mountains right now? You know, we talked with Coach Litzelman as well from North Penn Liberty a little while ago was well a couple weeks ago and he said that trip to northeast bradford was going to be a different environment and uh, behold coach Berger and the panthers they find a way to take down the north penn liberty mounties yeah it was a tough game but uh you know if you want to be the best you got to beat the best so I, I think that was a statement win for them another team who i think is kind of a dark horse going in on the large school side is shocker to you shane wellsboro I've, I've covered them a lot i think First-year coach Steve Adams, after taking over for Coach Altman, has got those uh, kids playing well. Uh, Joseph Grab's been playing well uh, on the point, and I, I think that team's going to be tough tough in the when it gets to playoffs because they're they've always been sound defensively and and they can surprise you offensively as well. Well, listen, if you're going to give love to Tioga County, don't forget and leave out North Penn Mansfield, the Tigers, because Kipper Burley. And that squad, you know, he said earlier in the year, he was one of the first interviews of the winter sports season. He said, you know, if my guys figure out their roles, if they stay together, 
things are going to happen for us late and down the stretch here I think they're starting to figure some things out which is good and then of course uh, you know you've got uh, Troy as we said you know they went to North Penn Mansfield the other night the Tigers give the Trojans a big run but Troy just finds a way to win and that's why you see things tightening up in the large school so let's quickly get into the large school standings right now hey why losing still leading things they are 14 and 3 overall 10 and 2 in the league Athens sitting at 11 and 3 9 and 2 in the league 9 and 6 Troy 8 and 3 in the league Wellsboro as you said 10 and 8 right now probably on their way to a district playoff berth as they are uh, 7 and 5 in the league North Penn Mansfield right on the cusp they're 9 and 8 6 and 5 in the league and of course Tawanda uh, there to round out the large school standings as well on to the small school quickly North Penn Liberty 14 and 2 overall they're 9 and 2 in the league Northeast Bradford now booming with a lot of confidence after downing the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers I mean they're 10 and 7 now overall 6 and 5 in the league Canton still above 500 at 9 and seven. They're five and six, though, overall in the league. And of course, Sarah, uh, let's see, the Redskins, seven and eight overall, four and seven in the league. And of course, Kalineski Valley and Williamson there to round out the small school. But yes, uh, you know, we are winding down this regular season ever so quickly. And uh, well, let's see if Y. Losing and North Penn Liberty can somehow right the ship and uh, keep themselves going at the top of the divisions where they've been all season long. You don't want to afford that late season stumble. No, you don't. You can't lose uh, precious precious spots in the division here, especially when it comes down to home playoff games and, and being on the road. Cause sometimes that can be a difference for a lot of these schools. Okay, now let's transition over to the girls' side because as we've seen, you know, the Athens Lady Wildcats, they just continue to dominate the large school side but I mean Athens and uh well Athens as we said you know dominating the large school right now but hey Tawanda does still have that one crucial win over the Lady Wildcats so I mean it's not like the Black Knights are going away right now Athens of course sitting 13 and 2 overall they're 10 and 1 in the league that one of course to Tawanda where the Black Knights right now sit 12 and 3 so only a game behind uh are the Lady Knights they're 9 and 1 overall and man what a credit to coach Sutton you know he was a great interview earlier in the season you know and he was really excited about the talent that his lady black knights team had and i mean you're seeing this team really come together and even when we talked to brian fees a little while ago as well a couple weeks ago he said you know tawan is that team that if somebody's going to challenge athens if they're going to match athens intensity Tawanda would be that team. Absolutely, and I think we've seen that from them offensively and defensively. Uh, Brian Fees talked about it last week. I I can't wait to see what they do when it comes time for playoffs. Exactly. Now, of course, you've got the Lady Rams of Wyalusing right there. They're 7-9 and nine overall, 7-3 in the league. Uh, Wellsboro, Troy, and Williamson uh, there to round out the uh, large school. Wellsboro still with a small chance at still uh, the ability to clinch a district playoff berth. I mean, they're going to have to have things go their way. Even Wyalusing is going to need to uh, put together a string of wins here if they're going to hope to uh, break into the district four playoffs later on. Now, of course, down in the small school, man, things really getting a little tight there in the middle. Northeast Bradford still continuing to pace the way. I really think, you know, they're going to run away with this, and that's good because Northeast Bradford has been the class of the small school division all season long as the Lady Panthers still sit 15-3 and overall. All they're eleven and one in the league, but of course, then you get to two, three, and four, and then it's Kalineski Valley, Canton, 
and North Penn Mansfield. Now, right now, the Lady Indians, via power percentages and uh, league uh, standings, I should say, they sit second as the Lady Indians are 8-8 eight eight overall, 6-5 six in the league. The Canton Lady Warriors, 9-8 overall, 6-6 six six in the league. And North Penn Mansfield, 10-7 overall, and five and six in the league. So right now, North Penn Mansfield, you know they've got the they've got more wins, but uh, you know via league standing though they sit uh, fourth in the small school division. But uh, you know the Lady Tigers obviously uh, looking poised to clinch a district playoff berth. Canton probably a couple wins away from notching theirs, and Kalineski Valley looking like they're going to hover five hundred as well. Yeah, I think it's a uh, man. What a log jam right there. It's really going to be tough and interesting to see. Uh, Canton girls, they play Troy tonight. Maybe uh, Troy, I know it's not a small small school, large school game, but maybe Troy can sneak in there and uh, give uh, Canton Lady Warriors some havoc. Uh, North Penn Mansfield, I, I think they're going to be – I, I kind of think that they might be my pick out of those three schools to maybe take that spot. They're, uh, they're a solid solid team. I know uh, Joanne McNamara is playing on that team. I know uh, Jamie Palmer is a solid guard for them as well. So – I, I kind of think they might be the ones that come out of those three schools. It's going to be absolutely crazy. And as you said, yes, for the Lady Warriors, I mean, when you've got a rivalry game and you're fighting for a district playoff berth and you've got your rival coming into town knowing, you know, that they have an opportunity to maybe spoil your season a little bit, that might give the Lady Trojans a little extra juice uh, heading into that. But, hey, who knows? But like Joe said, uh, the logjam is definitely there uh, for the uh, NTL small school standings in girls basketball. All right, now coming up here in just a little bit, as I said, we're going to talk with head coach Brock Kitchen from the Canton Boys basketball team here in just a moment. First, though, want to let you know that uh, coming up here, we are going to step aside for a quick break, but uh, we're going to let the homepage network kind of tell you about a great charity event coming up between North Penn Mansfield and Wellsboro basketball here in a little bit. But just a quick reminder going out to all of the teams, uh, anybody out there in the Northern Tier League, if you are having any kind of charity fundraiser to help benefit your uh, club team, uh, maybe, you know, your booster club or whatever, hey, get a hold of us here on the NTL Now podcast. We are gladly going to promote that or even, you know, charity basketball games like we're going to see here with North Penn Mansfield and North Penn, or excuse me, North Penn Mansfield and Wellsboro uh, for boys basketball in this uh, Hooping for a Cure event. So, yes, Joe and I are going to be back here in just a short, but right now, let's turn it over to the homepage network and let them tell you about Hooping for a Cure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the homepage network. I'm Sarah Vogt. On Saturday, February 1st, the Wellsboro and North Penn Mansfield boys basketball teams are hosting a Hoopin' for a Cure game. Event t-shirts will be available the week of the game at Wellsboro home games and on the day of the game for $10 each. Baxter's Bakery will also have cookies to sell the night of the game for a dollar with all proceeds going to support the UPMC Human Cancer Center in Wellsboro. There'll also be a 50-50 raffle at halftime, with half going to the winner and half going to the cancer center. Tip-off starts at 6, so get there early for the fun night of basketball while supporting a great cause. 
That's right, and again, a big thank you to the Homepage Network for telling us about Hooping for a Cure right here on the NTL Now podcast. Welcome back. Shane Wilbur here with you. Joe Carrion, of course, across the table. And now here we go as we get the chance and pleasure to welcome in head coach Brock Kitchen from the Canton Boys basketball team. And uh, Brock, thanks so much for taking some time here to join us on the podcast. Well, thanks for having us. I really enjoy it. All right. So, Brock, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, sit down with head coach Litzelman from North Penn Liberty. I kind of started his interview the same way. I want to start, uh, you know, asking questions to you. Uh, look at your team so far this year uh, as a whole. Uh, do you feel like, you know, your team has maybe underachieved a little bit, or do you feel like you're kind of where you thought you would be at this point of the season? Uh, the, last, the last week, I would say, I feel that we're at where we, we should be. Um, I thought we were up and down the first half of the season going into the holidays, and that was just you know, starting a bunch of young kids. Um, but I feel the, the, the last week to two weeks, um, we're starting to hit our groove a little bit better. Um, I think we're playing up to our capabilities. This is a big week uh, for us coming up this week, um, these, these three, three tough games this week. Well, Coach, you won three of your last four, and now looking at your schedule moving forward, you got your away at North Penn Liberty tomorrow night. You got uh, Sarah on Friday, and then Northeast Bradford on Saturday. That's quite the gauntlet of games. How are you preparing your team for uh, that stretch? Yeah, uh, that the first time we played Liberty, it was a great game back and forth. Um, when we watched tape this weekend with the kids, I mean, we saw that. We just turned the ball over too much, and that's something that we have to take care of. Uh, Liberty is a very good team, very athletic. Noah Spencer does a great job running that team. Everything goes through him. Um, Sarah then, later in the week, uh, we went up to Sarah, and that was one of the games that we just we didn't play well. Um, we need to play better at home against them. Um, we didn't shoot well, and they shot the lights out, so we're hoping we can reverse those fortunes and then Saturday is going to be tough. Northeast Bradford plays so well at home. I mean, they pulled pulled off a big win this past Saturday, beating Liberty at home. Uh, we're going to have to go up there on a on a Saturday afternoon. I got to try to do something to keep the kids in some sort of routine to go up there. So we know that this is a tough week, but with the goals that we have, um, we we know that we've got to play the best uh, teams and uh, play after play at our best at this time of the year. So. High school basketball, obviously, a lot is about player maturity and player development. Uh, Joe and I, a little while ago, uh, we were talking about uh, you know some of the things that we've kind of noticed here in the goings of the basketball season, and uh, obviously, you know, watching your team go. Uh, talk about kind of the development of Isaiah Nimzik. I mean, it looks like he is really starting to grasp what it means to be a varsity basketball player, and you're just starting to really see kind of the tip of the iceberg, I think, with how good of a player he could be. He, he, he creates such a mismatch. He's got great size. He's working hard in the weight room. He's starting to bulk up there. Um, I mean, we run, we run him at a four, usually, sometimes a three, and it can cause mismatches for teams because he's got good range as a four, um, but also has a good first step to be able to take people off the dribble. Probably the thing I've been the happiest with lately has actually been his defense. He's doing a great job with our, our press in the back of our press. He's doing a great job uh, anticipating passes and getting steals. That's when he's at his best is when he can get out in transition and we can run the floor with him um, and not have to run half-court sets. 
Yeah, Coach, you talk about uh, not running half-court sets. I think one of your favorite words when you're coaching a game is run. Is is that been your philosophy your your entire coaching career? Is that something that you guys have just adopted this year? And I, I also noticed well, that you guys, you go more than five deep. I see you empty the bench in the uh, – the second half when you're up by five that's just it's a unique thing to see are you or is it just because you're so athletic yeah yeah we uh we tried to put in something new this summer we knew that we were going to have athletic big men with isaiah and caden williams and ben and uh evan landis and we wanted to get those bigs out running the floor a little bit um i wanted the the ball in our point guard hands be in cooper kitchen and cam bellows's hands i trusted them to be able to do that for us so, I mean, we, we put it in this summer at camps and uh, games, and they the kids love it. They like playing this half, uh, this faster style and not having to slow down in the half court. Um, so, yeah, and with the depth, the depth has been our biggest uh, positive, especially early in the season. Um, I was able to use you know, 10, 11, 12 guys some nights. And it's dependent on the situation. Again, again, this past week, I was I was doing five and five groups and trying to change up what we were doing. The kids are buying into it, um, which that's the big thing. If you can get the kids to buy into something new like this, um, it, it makes makes the change a lot easier. Now, of course, you are coming down a a big stretch this week. You know, you mentioned the three pivotal games, but obviously, you know, you're looking to really just play better here uh, heading into what could be a potential uh, back-to-back district playoff berth. I mean, how do you keep the kids focused, and how do you, uh, you know, kind of take away those mistakes and get them to play at their highest level uh, these last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, we start to cut back now. We've been doing more more mental preparation. We probably we watch more tape now. I mean, now these last three or four, especially after Christmas, basketball's a long season. And now that our our cycle is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, you know, we're they're in the gym six days a week. So and practices, we we maybe cut back a little bit. Just work on the fine things that we need to work on that we picked up on the tapes. Um, where I can maybe give their their legs a break those, those nights, um, because by now if we don't we don't know what we're running by now, um, we're we're going to get beat just because the other team's better. Now, coach, I, I ask a lot of other coaches this question, and we've talked a lot about you know Isaiah Dimsick and and Ben Knapp and even Cooper Kitchen. But what player on your team do you feel that you know maybe the press hasn't talked a lot about feels made a really big impact on your success this year? Uh, it's not just this year, but it's definitely Zach Rensel. Um, he, he's been a two, three-year starter for me, and he suffered, he suffered a knee injury in the fall, um, missed the end of his cross-country season, and he was not himself, but he he still worked hard. He was still a leader for me. Um, there is nobody I'm harder on, and he knows that, um, and he accepts that. And I told him that it would take till Christmas to get himself healthy, and and he, he didn't think I was telling the truth, and he he finally realized it. But um, just the maturity that he brings to our team um, as a senior, as a kid that's been through it, um, comes from a great family. Um, so he's he, he's definitely our leader, whether it's um, in the game, in practice in film session in the classroom um he he been a joy to coach and will be greatly missed 
So, Coach, you know, as we uh, like to do kind of with uh, a lot of the coaches around here, uh, basically, you know, one of the premier questions I love to ask uh, coaches as well is, you know, you've pretty much you've set your goals, you've set your expectations. So answer the question as this, uh, Canton boys basketball will reach the goals and expectations that you and the team have set if what happens? We don't turn the ball over keep playing team basketball the last the last 10 days if those have been the big things for us if we can not turn the ball over and take advantage of um our depth as a team not have to depend on one person uh, my assistant coach jimmy williams just said it the other night at tv we look at the scorebook and eight nine kids there are in the scorebook putting points on the boards for us that's when we are at our best when we're playing team basketball Always good to hear, and uh, that's a great answer that uh, we'd expect from a great coach like yourself. Now, before we get you out of here, Coach Kitchen, I've been uh, kind of scrolling the uh, Facebook following Canton Boys Basketball. I've noticed, uh, you know, Warrior Basketball has a little bit of a fundraiser going on. If you'd like, take a couple of minutes and uh, talk about your fundraiser if you want. Yeah, yeah, we're doing, uh, we've always done a hoagie sale in the past, and we're doing, uh, we're going to do a, a ham sandwich. You get a whole bag, you get a ham sandwich and coleslaw and pickle and a brownie for five dollars and we're using the uh, doing the fundraiser from our kindergarten program all the way up through our varsity program the boys and girls are both doing it um so coach Benoit is helping me out with the elementary girls their girls are selling them in school right now and our elementary boys casey Aylesworth's girls and then on that Saturday, on February 8th, the, the varsity boys and girls, they, uh, they come to the Church of Christ, and they make all the lunches, and we get them delivered, and, uh, and that goes to our booster club. Our booster club is a big help for our program, um, especially out of the season, helping us be able to, to, to do stuff outside the season basketball-wise. And This is just our way to, to help them out um, since they help us out so much. Now, of course, uh, are you still taking uh, orders for this fundraiser, Coach? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We're taking them till Saturday, this Saturday. All right. Now, how do folks uh, get a hold of uh, anybody to uh, place an order for this great fundraiser? Yeah, they can They can get a hold of one of the boys at the game, or they can actually message me right on our Facebook page. I can take orders right there. Um, they can send orders in to school. Any, any way they want to contact, as long as it gets to somebody in the basketball program, we'll, we'll get that. Uh, lunch made for you all right sounds like a good plan and uh yes definitely if you can support warrior basketball uh with the great sandwich fundraiser they have going and uh, again just want to take a quick moment and uh thank coach kitchen for joining us here on the ntl podcast and good luck to you and the warriors on a uh, big week ahead thank you thank you guys for doing this you guys are doing a great job i listen to it every week and uh you guys like i said keep it up doing a great job You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. And a big thank you there to head coach Brock Kitchen from the Canton Boys basketball team for joining us. And, uh, you know, it's always more fun here on the podcast when uh, the coaches are willing to come on, 
do those interviews. And, uh, you know, Brock was having such a great time. Had to let him plug the hoagie fundraiser or the sandwich fundraiser, I should say. I think I'm going to have to order because he was talking about the ham and the pickle manager. It got me hungry. So, hey, there you go. That's a prime example right there. So, for any of you out there who are listening, you know of a sports team who might be having a charity event, maybe, uh, you know, any kind of fundraiser going on, make sure you get a hold of us here at the NTL Now podcast. We will gladly put that out there for you as we get ready to, uh, you know, transition now into some of the off seasons for the sports and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll definitely get that out there uh, as well all right so this is uh pretty much winding down part one of the ntl now podcast because uh, i know joe's got to get out there and cover some basketball action coming up here in just a little while so joe we will uh part ways with you for uh this episode of the podcast and uh, we're going to welcome in mitch rupert from the williamsport sun gazette coming up here in just a short i always love listening to mitch what a quality guy so intelligent about wrestling and and it's good to hear you two go back with it back with us so it's awesome all right well joe you have yourself a, a great rest of your week and of course uh, enjoy covering all the basketball action i'm sure we'll run into each other a couple times this week at uh, some area sporting events for sure but first we have to step aside here and obviously thank those who make this ntl now podcast possible so we're going to step aside quickly here we're going to thank our great sponsors mansfield university endless mountains brace and mobility and of course circle w sports as well and when we come back here on the ntl now podcast we'll sit down with mitch rupert from the Williamsport sports sun gazette so keep it right here on the ntl now podcast at mansfield university newly reduced tuition and housing rates make a great education even more affordable Plus, small class sizes give you the value of a personalized education, rather than being just a number at a large university. Live the sweet life in Mansfield's on-campus residence halls, rated among the best in Pennsylvania. Learn more about how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. And back here on the NTL Now podcast, Shane Wilber here with you, and it is time to dive into some wrestling action right here on the NTL Now podcast. And of course, uh, kind of a guy who's become a very good fixture, even uh, more of a staple, I feel like, to the podcast here in wrestling season. I get to bring back uh, my good friend, Mitch Rupert, from the Williamsport Sun Gazette. Now, I know, Mitch, you always critique me for calling you my good friend, but hey, I feel like good friends are those who you can banter back and forth with and uh, no feelings get hurt. Yeah, and, and and if you want to call it bantering, we can call it bantering. Um, 
you know, some of it's good natured, some of it's mean. Um, but either way, we end up laughing about it, so that's a good thing. Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, the name of the game this week, Mitch, it's District Duels, and we've got uh, area teams from the Northern Tier League uh, into the District Duels. And, of course, you know, I, I feel confident in saying this. I feel like a lot of the intriguing matchups in duels this year feature the NTL teams. Uh, do you mean in the tournament or just uh, during the season? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say just uh, you know for the for the tournament here coming up uh, in the round of 16. I feel like those matchups uh, are kind of the more intriguing ones uh, for duels uh, coming up Wednesday. I agree. I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent You know, I, I think Benton and Athens could end up being the the best duel of the first round. If it's not that one, I think it could be Milton and Wyalusing and. And if it's not that one, I think there's a good chance uh, Tawanda and Mount Carmel is very interesting because Mount Carmel's really beat up right now. And, uh, you know, if they can handle that drive uh, down to Mount Carmel and, and get off and be loose and, and ready to go, I, I think Tawanda can pose Mount Carmel some problems. So I agree with you 100% here, Shane, that uh, those are probably the duels I'm, I'm most interested in. I think I'm going to end up at Canton on Wednesday night. Um, to see two of our local teams with Canton and Lewisburg, um, but but I could, yeah, like I said, those other three I mentioned are are really good duels. All right, so you've seen a lot of the other teams in District Four more than I have, so I'll defer to you a little bit. But uh, right now, let's just uh, let's get into Canton Lewisburg. That's the one that we'll probably both be at uh, coming up on Wednesday night. Now, I think something that we've seen here over the last couple of weeks for the Warriors is I think Coach Wesneski is utilizing his lineup a lot more. You're seeing a lot more bumping guys stepping in, filling the lineup as well. I mean, uh, this has to bode well, I would think, for the Warriors heading in here to duels. I mean, I, I think they're a completely different team than what we even saw even uh, December, early January. I, I agree. And, you know, I think he's got his head in the right place through that first month of the season, even the first five, six weeks of the season, where it's really about getting matchups and really about testing your kids a little bit. And, and we could see it the other week uh, when, when I was up there for the, the Tawanda match. It was about getting the matchups and, and putting the match away because they went into 170. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty tight bout. Timmy Ward gives you a, a, a pin there to, to, to kind of create some separation. And then he bumps the upper part of the lineup, brings in Del, uh, Chance Del Jonathan, who's a solid kid in himself, just hasn't been able to quite break the lineup. And he gets a fall for you. And that allows Garrett Storch to bump up and, and he gets another big win for you at, at 195. And, you know, like I, I wrote in my story, I said there was really only one button for a while was Nesky to push that night against Tawanda, but he, he pushed the right one. And it, it turned out to kind of be the difference maker that let Canton run away from Tawanda a little bit. And Tawanda had wrestled really well through the lightweight there. So uh, I think we're just kind of into that, that mode of the season where you're going to push buttons a little more because – you know, now winning the dual meets really matters now because it's it's an elimination process now. And, and Cam, I think, would, would really like to be one of those top three teams down in Milton on Saturday. And, and I think they've got one of the teams that, that can do it. I mean, you know Coach Wesneski as well as anybody. you got to think he's as happy as a kid in a candy store just being able to look around and see options after these last couple of seasons. Absolutely. You know, he was telling me a story last week uh, after the match with Tawanda, where he was telling his kids last year in practice, he said, 
if you keep putting this work in, he goes, I promise you next year we're going to be competing for championships. And the, the kids kind of looked at him like, well, what are you talking about? You know, we got nine kids in the room. How are we going to be competing for championships next year? And all of a sudden now they're the NTL champions. They went undefeated uh, throughout the NTL run this year, the first league title since 2005. Um, he wasn't lying to them. I mean, they still have a long way to go. They still have a lot of improving left that they could do over the course of the next few years. But th this is a pretty good start for them. All right, so let's put the flip now over to Lewisburg. Uh, looking at this dual matchup coming up on Wednesday night, where do you see Lewisburg potentially giving the Warrior problems in their lineup? Well, what, what Lewisburg is going to do is they're not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. And this is a young team. Um, it, it's a relatively experienced team, a good chunk of the kids in the Lewisburg lineup. And I just got to see them for the first time on Saturday. Uh, they've been in the lineup for a while, but it, but it's still a young group with some new faces, and they've been dealing with a bunch of injuries this year. I think the three matches they put together Saturday uh, in that quad meet with Central Hughesville and Mount Carmel was probably the best they've wrestled all year. you got to watch out for Caden Wagner, returning state qualifier, state-ranked kid. Uh, don't overlook a, a Gavin Sheriff who had a really nice day um, at wrestling about 132 pounds uh, on Saturday. Uh, Rogan Persson is having the best season of his career. Logan Bartlett nearly went to the state tournament last year, right in those middleweights there. So they have some pieces that can give you fits. And in that middle portion of the lineup, I think you might be able to get some points against Canton there. Um, so if, if they can give themselves a chance and, and kind of weather the storm in the upper weights, they might be able to stick around and hang around with it. But I think Canton's a pretty pretty big favorite. All right, so we'll uh, transition away from the Warriors now. I want to go to the matchup that ha kind of had you uh, a little giddy earlier today uh, when we were texting back and forth setting up this interview. Uh, you mentioned Athens-Benton, probably uh, one of those ones that's uh, going to cause uh, a lot of uh, intrigue as well around District 4 coming up uh, later this week. Uh, what is it about this Athens-Benton matchup that you find uh, so, I guess, interesting, as you put it earlier? I find it interesting because absolutely nobody is talking about either team. And and I got the opportunity to see Benton for the first time last week against Muncie. Um, I was looking down through Athens' lineup, and, like, I, I knew they were good. I mean, they were, they, it came down to the last bout against Canton. That, that's a good team. Um, they, they nearly won that match there. Uh, and I knew they had solid kids, but they don't have um, – kids that are returning state qualifiers, things like that, other than Gavin Bradley, they're in the lightweight. So I don't think they have that, that big name recognition. Uh, and I think it's kind of similar with Benton. But when you put the two lineups side by side, it's really interesting to see how they match up and where the matchups are going to be and, and who's going to be moving kids around where. You've got some pretty good records against some pretty good records and you know as well as I do, Benton, when they, when they come into a match, they're going to come in fighting. And Athens is the same way. So I think you're going to get similar styles against one another. And that, that's why I think this is going to be really intriguing. When I kind of figured it out here just straight up um, not too long ago, I have it being a 10-point match in favor of Benton. But that's with about three or four really key toss-up matches uh, through, throughout the whole thing. So it could be very interesting how this shapes up down the stretch. I was looking at it earlier myself. Now, I, I feel like 
the the turning point of this matchup. Now, when I scored it out earlier, I had uh, I had Athens on the flip of you by about ten as well. My my theory here and my defense is I feel like what's gonna hurt Benton is kind of what's hurt them in other matches this year. They just seem to have that bad forfeit at the worst possible time. I see now. Now this is where things are different for Benton this year. They're finally getting healthy. They got Mason Michael, who's a sophomore back. Last week against Muncie, he wrestled his first match. They put 14 kids on the mat last week. And uh, when I talked to Coach B.J. Wise after the match, he's like, that's our dual meet lineup right there. That is our best dual meet lineup. So they're going to fill the 14, unless they do a shuffle here or there to try and get a better matchup. Maybe they give up uh, six points somewhere to try and get a better matchup. But this is the first time in a long time they're kind of coming to district duels with heck even 12 kids in the lineup. And, and, and if they're going to have 12, 13, 14 kids in the lineup, I don't care that eight of them are freshmen. I don't care that three of them are sophomores because they're, they're an experienced group, um, not only this year, but in, in youth wrestling as well. That's why I think they're really dangerous. And the fact that nobody's talking about them and the way this bracket kind of sets up in that bottom half, as you look at it, where Montoursville, Southern Columbia, and Muncie are all in the top half of the bracket. The bottom half is wide open, and I think if this Benton team ends up being the same Benton team that I saw against Muncie last week, I might have them as the favorite to get into the finals. Now, I haven't gone through and done matchups for everyone. That's just kind of uh, spitballing and looking at things. So this is a little bit different Benton team than the ones we've seen in Milton in the past. Now, when you look at this matchup, Athens and Benton, you pretty much uh, just give uh, all the studs the bonus points. I, I feel like Bradley's going to pretty much, you know, do what he does. Obviously, Strickland and Lear, they're going to get their bonus points. And then, of course, like you said, you just go with the toss-up matches and see uh, where the chips fall. Yeah, yeah, that's really it. I mean, there's, there's a handful of, of matches that, you know, because I haven't seen Athens and I'm just kind of going off some of the results that I see, and, and Athens doesn't wrestle down this way a whole lot. A lot of the tournaments they go to um, don't have a, a ton of names I'm familiar with. So you're, you're, you're just kind of guessing, but it's a lineup that's full of really good records. And, and you know that it's a very well-coached team and the schedule is always really challenging. So when you see a kid like a Caden Setzer, who has a 16 and six record, you know, that's a good 16 and six record. And he's going to be really tough, and he's going to face a kid in Ethan Cobb, potentially at 120, who's giving up a bunch of weight. So that's that's uh, one of those toss-ups that I'm, I was kind of talking about earlier there. That you know, Caden Setzer is probably the favorite, but uh, you're kind of sh- stuck to your biases of the things that you've seen before. And and I really like the way Ethan Cobb wrestles, so I kind of gave him the nod there, where where Caden might be the favorite going into that match so it's a really tough thing so when you say that you had Athens as a 10-point winner coming out I'm not surprised and 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 when I say that I have Benton as the 10-point winner that's because you know that's the team that I've seen so the truth lies somewhere in the middle of all of that but like you said the bonus points are going to come from the studs it's those really intriguing matchups um that that are that are going to decide this it's going to be the three-point wins that decide this match, not the six-point 
And what's crazy is, you know, and just watching this Athens team a few times as I have this year, I think, you know, we, we've mentioned, you know, the lighter weight kids. It's their heavyweight this year. Keegan Braun at 285 has really put in a great senior season this year for the Wildcats. And uh, I feel like, you know, if it's his number called upon to, uh, you know, possibly be one of those swing matches, uh, that, that right there I think is going to swing uh, in Athens' favor just because he's wrestling with so much confidence right now. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what Benton's going to do at that 220-285 spot. Um, you know, Athens in their last door meet, they forfeited at 220. And I think if, if they probably had it their way, Benton might want to get Zach Paust, um, who, who's a, a state-ranked kid, a top-ten state-ranked kid, uh, at 285 on Keegan Braun, if nothing else, to maybe take some of those potential bonus points away. Uh, from there, because that's a spot where you're expecting Keegan Braun, if he matches up against Andrew Wolf, to probably get six points. If you can get Zach Poust into that spot, maybe you're hoping that you don't give up six, and and Zach's good enough that that he might be able to to win that match. That's a really interesting part of the lineup. Well, I can tell that, uh, you know, you and I, we are on uh, this 10-point fence, so I can tell we're pretty much in the ballpark here of how we feel like uh, this one could flip one way or the other. Now, of course, uh, another interesting matchup uh, regarding an NTL team uh, is Wyloosing uh, in Milton in the 8-9 matchup here in the round of 16 coming up on Wednesday. Uh, you know, the Wyloosing Rams, uh, they're a team that's, uh, you know, been scrappy all throughout the year. I mean, in the NTL, you had Canton just barely beating Athens, why losing? They hang on to defeat Athens. I mean, it's just been absolutely uh, incredible. Well, actually, Athens topping why losing too. So, I mean, it's just all over the place here in the Northern Tier League. And uh, a why losing team, I still, I don't think, have quite figured out uh, heading to Milton this week. No, I, I, I don't know what to make of why losing. You know, some of their results are, are are puzzling. You know, I was the reason they have to go to Milton this week is because Milton won that first matchup at the line mountain duels. I think it was maybe 45 to 30, somewhere around there. Um, you know, I expected that to be a little closer match and, uh, I expected by to win that match, but I think Milton's won nine in a row coming into the district duels. They're wrestling as well as they have all year. Um, they're wrestling as well as anybody in the district right now. And, uh, you know, they, that makes them an intriguing team. Um, here in this tournament, you know, because if they can get through and wrestle on their home mats on Saturday, I don't know the last time they did that, that they wrestled on, on Saturday at District Duels in their home gym, you know, maybe that puts a little fire into them and, and maybe they can make a run there, you know, but I think we're still trying to figure out kind of who this Wyalusen team is because there are some really good wins on that, that schedule this year, but there's also some losses where you're like, man, I thought they might compete a little better this year. So, we're still trying to figure out probably both teams. See, I feel like for Wyalusing, the strength of their lineup goes probably 138 to probably about 152 with those three in uh, Manahan, uh, I think Woodruff and uh, Logan Newton, obviously, who's a uh, big regional qualifier uh, from last year as well. And then, of course, you got Jackson Chilson uh, up at 220. I mean, how, how does this lineup and their uh, strengths uh, go with Milton? I mean, I know you got Kyler Crawford in there and, of course, uh, at the top as well. Yeah, and, and, and that's you know, I'm glad you brought those up because uh, the, the matchup there at 138 could be really intriguing um, with Kyle Crawford, who's, who's had a really good season. He's taken some some good losses this year against some really good kids, um, but it's kind of that three 
weight stretch in the upper portion uh, of the lineup for uh, Milton where they've done some damage. Nathan Rauch has really come on and done a nice job at 195. Brent Mitch has done a nice job at 220. And Nevin Rauch is a, the top 10 kid in the state who's having one of the, the premier breakout seasons this year in District 4. Um, so, yeah, you, you, those are some – those are where the, the dual meet's going to be won and lost for, for either team in, in this, this, this matchup, you know. But they, uh, they do – both these teams do a really good job of filling in with their complementary kids, and, and they're always tough. Uh, they're always mad savvy. They're always smart. They're, they're, you can tell that they're well-coached teams. Now, I know that you've probably sat down and just kind of, you know, penned a, a couple matchups here and there that we've gone through, but I, I kind of feel like I'm hearing in your voice right now that uh, you, just by a, a kind of an upper-weight advantage, uh, you could probably see Milton advancing in this one. Yeah, I looked down through the results of their, their first duel. I don't know where the flip comes that, you know, why Lucen can make up 15 points. And, and I think, you know, having to make those trips, whether you're coming north to south or south to north, those long trips within the district, I think that matters, uh, especially on a school day where you're doing a whole day of school and then you got to hop in a bus and go two hours south uh, and, and try to be loose and ready to wrestle by the time you get there. You know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, so that's why I think Tawanda could put a charge into Mount Carmel that's a really long ride down to Mount Carmel and having to be ready to wrestle. And it, it's not a whole lot different for Wyalusi, you know, having to go to Milton as well. All right. Well, you know, you mentioned it, so why not transition right to it? You said uh, Tawanda, that long bus ride to Mount Carmel in the uh, 7-10 matchup coming up Wednesday night in the round of 16. But on the flip side, uh, you know, just listening to you earlier, uh, you think, you know, Tawanda is – possibly or maybe catching Mount Carmel at the right time. So I've been saying all year, I saw Mount Carmel at the Bob Rom duels right around Christmas. I was like, when this team gets healthy, they're going to be a handful. And and don't be surprised if they make some noise. And, um, you know, they, one of the few times uh, throughout the course of the year that I was kind of right about something, the problem is they've never really been healthy every week it seems they seem to be losing another kid or somebody gets banged up or somebody rolls an ankle in gym class or somebody gets a shoulder wrenched on it or, or something like that. You know, um, Trevor McDonald's in Mount Carmel's lineup right now. He's having surgery. I think next week on his elbow, um, after district duels is done, he's only wrestling right now to help the team. He pushed his surgery back from late January and he's going to have it next week. He's trying to help the team get to States. Uh, I tweeted about Joey Bendas on, on Saturday night, this dude's being held together with, with chicken wire. Basically, he's got a huge brace on his elbow, one on his knee. Uh, he's got his—he's suffering through his second uh, pretty catastrophic knee injury in the last three years. He's still going out there and fighting his butt off. You know, this is a tough Mount Carmel team. Uh, their best kid's probably Zach Reed or uh, uh, the heavyweight Austin Reed, who I think might be coming down to 220. Um, both those kids have been banged up well, this it- year. You know, so. You just don't know if you're getting a healthy Mount Carmel team or if they're going to be banged up and have some holes in that lineup. Well, here's the basically uh, the brass tacks of where I kind of boil this one down to is if Tawanda wants to go on the road and they want to win, 
the guys who are the leaders on that team, the experienced guys like a Tyler Holly, like a, a Watkins up at the top of the lineup, you know, and maybe, you know, they get one or two uh, in the middle of the lineup. Those guys, they've got to get those much needed wins. I mean, they can't have it like they did at uh, Canton, you know, where they gave up a, a one point defeat here or there. Uh, they've got to get those wins if they want to advance in duels uh, to Saturday. I, I agree, and I think there could be a really key matchup at 120 um, if if Tawanda Bill Sexton wants to move Tyler Hawley to 120. I think it'll be a really good matchup against Jake and Zima there, uh, two tough kids, two veteran kids who have been in the lineup a long time for both teams. That could be a crucial toss-up out right there, you know, and, and you got to get a guy like uh, like Clay Watkins who's been in this lineup for Tawanda and had a bit of an up-and-down season. He was in the state rankings at one point. Uh, suffered a tough loss against Montorge, though it kind of knocked him out there. But he's he's a good kid, you know. He's a kid that you're, you're going to count on to, to try and get you wins. You know, like you said, those those veteran guys who have been around and and you know know what it's like to travel and and then go wrestle. They're they're going to have to to step up uh, if, if they want to compete because I think they're they're a clear underdog uh, wrestling against Mount Carmel. But I think also think there's an opportunity there. That, that if they wrestle well, they, they might be able to, to pull off an upset. Now, you mentioned Mount Carmel being, uh, you know, a little uh, top-heavy at the top of their lineup, but at the same time, uh, that's kind of where Bill Sexton has a couple of chess pieces to play with for the Black Knights if he wants to. He's been kind of bouncing Perez and Hurl up there at the top of the lineup uh, for the most part of the season and a, a lot more here down the latter part of the stretch. So I think that kind of plays into Tawanda as well, where I think Coach Sexton can get the matchup he wants regardless uh, just based on that those two guys have kind of flip-flopped. I think so, too. My guess is, uh, you know, Aaron Hurl's wrestling really well right now. I thought he's had uh, some some good wins here in the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, I like Alex Perez having seen him last year and again this year. Uh, I like what he can do in that lineup. 220 is a winnable match, I think, for for Tawanda, no matter who they get there. It's going to be about who he wants to get against Austin Reed in that 285 spot. Austin Reed's a really good wrestler. You know, underrated. Nobody kind of gives him uh, the, the credit for what he's done there, but he, but he's athletic. Uh, he's strong. He's just a, a really good wrestler. Like I said, I think he's coming down to, to 220 for the postseason, but he's, he's at 285 right now. So it's going to be about who Bill Sexton thinks is his best matchup there against Austin Reed at 285 and that'll be a big match now of course uh, you know we, we do want to just quickly mention because you know Troy did qualify for district duels off of their win over Sullivan County this past Saturday but uh, you know for the Trojans it, it's been a, a great duel season it has been but uh, the way you know they got the draw they're going to take on top seeded Montoursville we've already seen what Montoursville can do when they are healthy and that's what they've done here the last probably three weeks has gotten healthy and you know this is just really a, a big uphill climb for the Trojans but uh, I mean it's, it's it's at least you know an honor for them and an opportunity to get a little more mat time this postseason taking on a team like Mount Car or like Montoursville rather just to get them some experience uh, heading towards postseason sure if we're being honest I mean there are a very there, there is less than 50 percent of the teams in this field that have the ability and the depth to be one of the top three teams in Saturday's tournament. For, for, for some of these teams, just getting into the duels is, a, is an accomplishment. I was talking with Lewisburg coach Justin Michaels on Saturday. That's what this is for them. This is a reward 
for them to go out and wrestle a postseason match and understand this experience, see some different kids. You know, this is a reward for the work they put in. They had to go two and one at a tough quad meet on Saturday just to qualify. They wrestled the best they have all year and they went three and oh. And it's the same for Troy. They had to get a win on the last day of the season just to get in and they went out and won comfortably against Sullivan County. So it's a reward to get into the tournament no matter who you're going to face. And if, in Troy's case, it's an uphill battle against Montoursville. They're going to see their old friend, Isaac Corey, uh, who's now wrestling at Montoursville. Um, you know, but it's probably an opportunity that maybe coaches will look to get some more difficult matchups for the kids, understanding how the final score is going to work out, probably. Okay, so we've had the opportunity now to look at the bracket, the matchups. We know what's coming on Wednesday night. I mean, is it a pretty safe assumption, Mitch, that uh, we're expecting uh, mostly chalk to advance uh, to Milton on uh, Saturday, that uh, more than likely we're just going to see the top eight seeds there competing in the quarterfinal round? Yeah, yeah, Shane, I'd agree with that. I mean, uh, I haven't done my quote-unquote official predictions yet, but, uh, you know, as I've looked down through it here since Saturday night, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Uh, that Ben Mathens match we talked about will be an interesting one. Uh, Mount Carmel and Tawanda, again, like we, we just talked about, is going to be an interesting one. But those are really the only places where I'm, I would predict or guess that the higher seed could get an upset there. Uh, and this is the, might be the first time in, that I can remember that the top eight seeds are going to be the eight teams in Milton on Saturday. Now, of course, uh, I saw you know some of the reactionary uh, tweets that were going out uh, earlier today about you know the fact that Southern Columbia ended up as the four seed in this tournament. Now, I, I think everybody who's in the know in wrestling expects uh, Southern's going to bring uh, their best shot here. But do you think you know maybe behind closed doors there's some some eye rolling going on with the coaches? Like, oh man, like we thought this was going to be the time to get them, and they just seem to have gotten healthy at the right time yeah and and i think there were some teams that you know if they wrestled two weeks ago i think montours will beat southern because uh, they didn't have gavin garcia back they didn't have patrick edmondson back uh, but patrick came back this weekend wrestled at the ultimate warrior um out of west branch and finished fifth uh took one of his losses to uh, a returning state qualifier and he's dealing with a banged up knee now gavin garcia did medically forfeit out of the tournament after he got to the semifinals and uh, from what I understand, he's dealing with a, a, a rather significant shoulder injury uh, as well. So I'm, I'm not sure what his status is, but um, everybody knows if they're healthy, if they're 80 uh, percent, definitely at 90 percent, they're the favorite to win the tournament. Um, anything less than that, I think the Montours will could give them fits, and they already beat up on, on Muncie pretty good this year, even when they weren't at 100 percent. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But everybody knows if they're healthy when they walk through the door, they're the favorite player. Boy, I'll tell you what, just looking at this bracket, though, I mean, it's not even the Wednesday night matchups that uh, have me intrigued. It's, you know, what could follow coming up uh, on Saturday when you think about some of the matchups uh, that could be. I mean, you've got uh, the potential for possibly a Canton-Athens rematch if things were to follow uh, that way. Also, you know, the potential to see, uh, you know, Muncie and Southern maybe in the uh, quarterfinals as well coming up at Milton. So, I mean, just a a lot of intrigue going into uh, Saturday. But you know what? You can't think about Saturday. you got to get through Wednesday first. But, you know, because we're in the media, it's always nice to potentially project ahead. 
well, everybody wants predictions. I mean, predictions are, you know, what gives people bulletin board material and it gives people something to talk about. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll make my predictions for the first round Wednesday night before I head up to Canton. I'll make my predictions uh, for what happens on Saturday and Saturday's paper. Um, it's fun. It's fun to guess. It's fun to look ahead, you know, but upsets are what makes uh, high school wrestling so much fun because you can't count on upsets. They just seem to come out of nowhere. That's what makes this tournament probably one of my favorite days of the year is, is Saturday down at the going to be a fun time. Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette, as always. Thank you so much, and remember, folks, you can follow Mitch uh, on Twitter at Mitch underscore Rupert, and uh, make sure you uh, give him a nice follow as well, as he's always putting up uh, great information uh, regarding high school wrestling uh, this time of the year. So, my friend Mitch, I will uh, bid you farewell this time around, but uh, you can rest assured with uh, sectionals and such right around the corner, we will talk again soon. Well, my good friend Shane, I appreciate you having me on, and you know anytime you need me up here. Always a fun time to sit down and talk wrestling with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette. Again, uh, big thanks to head coach Brock Kitchen from the Canton Boys basketball team for joining us this week on the podcast as well. And, of course, a big thank you to all of our sponsors uh, this week as well. Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Circle W Sports, and, of course, our newest sponsor here on the podcast, Mansfield University. Remember, check out all their course selections and more online at Mansfield. Edu. Thanks to Joe Carrion for jumping on board this week. And again, a big thank you to all of the listeners out there in podcast land as well. And of course, this is Shane Wilbur saying so long and we'll talk to you next week. Remember, this is the NTL Now podcast, another exclusive production of Circle W Sports, Endless Mountains, Brace and Mobility, and now Mansfield University. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.